Take your Bible, if you would please, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter number one. Praise God. Praise God. I'm a child of the King. Now I'm a child with a heavenly home. (laughs) Thank the Lord for that. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here today. And I'm glad that the holidays is over. And I'm glad we can get back to God's business now. And I want to bring you a message today. I'm preaching a series of messages out of the book of Mark. And I don't know where that title came from. But I thought that would be an awful good title to preach on today. Does uh, Satan go to church? And we just find it in uh, chapter number one as we read along. We just take in the events in succession and dealing with them. And of course, chapter one and verse one, the Bible talks about the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. And that sets the framework for everything, realizing that Mark is talking about Jesus Christ and his ministry. Mark presents our Lord as a perfect, as God's perfect servant. And the title of our series is, Oh, to be like Jesus. That ought to be our goal, is to be like Jesus. Not like anybody else, just to be like Jesus. God said he's predestined that we be conformed to the image of his dear son. Amen. So that's what we're talking about now. And we have discussed uh, John the baptizer. And we've also come and been acquainted with Jesus being tempted in the wilderness Then we find that John is in prison and Jesus come preaching in verse 14. And in verse number 16 through 20, we see that Jesus is walking and choosing his disciples. And in verse 21, we notice that Jesus moves his operation to a city called Capernaum. Look at this, verse 21. And they went into Capernaum and straightway... On the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. Now, the synagogues were all around the country. A Jewish synagogue is probably likened unto the Christian church. There was one temple, but there was small synagogues that they developed while they were in captivity. And now, in just about every city, there's several or maybe one synagogue where the Jews could go worship on the Sabbath day. And so when Jesus moved to Capernaum, a city much like cities in America today, the Bible said that he went into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one that had authority And not as the scribes. In other words, he spoke like he knew what he was talking about. And he spoke like he wasn't ashamed of what he was going to talk about. And then he talked about what he wanted to talk about till he got through talking about it. In other words, when they raised the wristwatches and started showing him, he said, 
Sit down and shut up. I'm not done yet. Authority. Not giving in to the mindset of the society and the time in which we live. He taught them as having authority. That has nothing to do with what I'm going to preach on now. And there was in their synagogue a man. And there will always be one. With an unclean spirit. And he cried out. Wanting to be seen. Wanting to be heard. Got something important to say. I don't agree with what's going on. Would the devil go to church? Does Satan never go to church? And he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commanded he, even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. Oh, what a Savior. His name is wonderful. Why would the devil want to go to church? Now, I'm not going to preach long, so you can say amen. It won't make me any longer. Why in the world, of all places, would the devil choose to go to church? I believe when most of God's people is at the ball game, the devil comes to church. I believe when the racetrack is filled with hundreds and thousands of folk, I believe the devil comes to church. I believe when we have revival services, the devil is faithful to church. And you say, well, preacher, I think you ought to be talking about Jesus. That's the second part of my message. So let me take care of the first part first. I just believe the devil comes to church because he's always been religious. You say, preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. A.W. Tozer said the devil is a better theologian than any of us and yet he's still a devil. 
He could write theology books that would blow our mind and still he's the devil. He can quote more scripture than anybody in this place today and yet he's still the devil. He's transformed into an angel of light and he can speak and act like a soul winner but still he is the devil. I just believe with all of my heart, Satan is a religious booger and has been a long time. I believe his religion is false. I believe he is very religious and we must be careful. Let me give you some facts, if you would please, about the devil. Satan has his own trinity. Revelation 16 and 13. Just like the Trinity of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the devil has a Trinity. The devil, the beast, and the false prophet. Everything that is godly, he is anti-God and he will duplicate it if he can. Not only he has his own church, Revelation 2 and 9, called the synagogue of the devil. Not only does he have his own church, he has his own ministers. 2 Corinthians 11, 4 and 5, the ministers of Satan. The devil is religious. He's always been. He has formulated his own system of theology. 1 Timothy 4 and 1, doctrines of demons. Why does the devil go to church? Because he's religious. He's been religious a long time. He has established his own sacrifice system in 1 Corinthians 10 and 20. The Bible talks about the Gentiles sacrifice to demons. Deadly booger he is. He has his own communion service. 1 Corinthians 10 and 21. Cup of demons and table of demons. Until the way you look, you all knew that. I can tell you had that memorized for a long time. You think we're at church today without the devil being here? You say, well, why in the world would the devil come to church? Because he is religious. His ministers proclaim his gospel. Galatians 1, 7 and 8. A gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you. So if it's another gospel, it is not the gospel of Christ. It's somebody else's gospel. It's the gospel of Satan. I knew you knew that. He has his own throne, Revelation 13 and 2. And his own worshipers, Revelation 13 and 4. So why does the devil come to church? He comes to church because he is a religious individual. And we must beware of false doctrine. Can you say amen? I mean, we do not want false doctrine to creep in here. We do not want to start baptizing for the dead. Uh, we do not want to speak in tongues, spit in bubbles, do didos and turn flip. We do not want to slay in the spirit. We don't want to, any of that stuff that you've been watching on CNN, B-U-L-L and other, other Christian station in the world. We must guard against false doctrine. Can anybody say amen? Amen. 
We do not want anybody to invade within and start minimizing the Trinity of Jesus Christ. We do not want anybody to say that Jesus Christ is not deity, but he is just another God like all of we are gods. We don't, no matter who's run for president, we don't accept that. Now, all of God's people's women when we don't want to accept false doctrine. But the devil comes to church not only to introduce false doctrine, he comes to introduce false worship. And he is the God of this world. Guess what kind of music the God of this world likes to listen to? Guess what he'd like to do when he comes to church? He'd like to bring his world with him. And you know what he wants? He wants a rock band on the platform. He wants music that satisfy the unsaved. Because saved folk don't want to listen to unsaved music. Because we have been made new creatures in Christ. That's not judgmental. It just, I don't like it. Come on. I, you say, well, I like it. Then get saved and get right with God because a new creature does not enjoy old stuff. You say, well, well, I don't. You know, the devil is a deceiver. The devil is the master motivator, the master manipulator. He is a deceiver. He is a, a angel of light. Why should not his music be in church because it gets us a moving in all kinds of directions. Boy, this thing died on me. Everybody likes that false doctrine business, don't they? Everybody jumped on that horse and ran to the barn. But nobody wants that old false worship. You know the kind that you go to sleep during the service. You know the kind that I got to beg some of you guys say amen. You know, you the same guys that hoop and holler at the ball games are the same guys that falls in here. It looks like dead lice is falling off of them and they just sat there. You couldn't make them laugh. You couldn't make them shout. You couldn't make them do one thing. Why? Because the devil has got you contained. Would the devil come to church? Why would the devil come to church? The Bible says that in their synagogue, there was a man with a unclean spirit. Do you think there's anybody here today If we peel back their humanity and look into their heart, I wonder what we'd see. Wonder if we could operate on your mind just a minute. What kind of thoughts? Wonder if we could do surgery on your spirit. Would we find that in our spirit somewhere there's a little 
critical spirit of somebody else in the congregation that don't look or act just like we think they ought to act. Would the devil come to Joshua Baptist Church with an unclean, unsaved, unsanctified, unwashed spirit that just refused some of you guys to enjoy the service? Why is it we enjoy a ball game or a rodeo more than we do church? You know why the devil comes to church? Because he's a religious booger. Second reason the devil comes to church is he's looking for a prey. Notice verse 24. How closely connected. Let us alone. The demon and the carrier. The demon and the person. Us. He comes to church. To find somebody, either he can indwell or control. What better place to go to find somebody who is hurting, somebody who is looking for an answer, someone who's reaching out and Someone who has come to the end of themselves and someone with a tear in their eye, someone with a lonesome place in their life, where else would be better for the devil to come and take over? Now, I know he cannot indwell a Christian, but he can control a Christian. And he controls Christians from outward sources and they get involved in things that absolutely robs God and them of God's presence in their life. He comes to church looking for some teenagers that somebody has picked on, somebody has downtrodden, somebody has... uh, Smoking against. He's looking for a teenager who can blame everybody in the world and God and get them out of church and get them sidetracked. He comes to church looking for to pray. Is there anybody here today now that would like to say amen for me at least one time? Because the devil is a master manipulator, a master controller. Notice who was in control of this man. The devil was in control of this man. The devil wants control of your life. He'll come to church to get control of your life. He'll come to church just to get you mad at somebody at church. 
I mean, he'll do anything to manipulate. He'll do anything to deceive. He might even transform himself into the angel of light. And you will say, dear God, that guy, that woman must have fell straight from heaven. Isn't she so, or isn't he so godly? And he's the devil. You say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I know that. Would you turn to the book of 2 Corinthians just a minute? Please. And I may not get through with the devil here this morning. But we'll give him a fit tonight too. Why does the devil come to church? He comes to church because the sucker's religious. He's been religious from day one. He said in the book of Isaiah, he said, I will exalt myself. I will be as God. I will do it. God said, you ain't going to do anything. He kicked him out of heaven. He's religious. He's looking for a prey. He's deceitful. Look at verse 13, if you would, please. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to show you this now. He comes to church. The Bible said, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers. Oh, did you notice that Jan and Paul's in the news? Did you know that Jan and Paul is being sued by their grandkids? Isn't that something? They're being sued for fifty million for embezzling fifty million dollars out of T N N B U L L or whatever it is. I always said makeup costs a lot of money. False apostles, deceitful workers. Oh, Swagger preaching on adultery. Caught him with a prostitute in Los Angeles. False apostles, deceitful workers. Benny Rooster used to be a hen. That's a miracle. Well, E. Allen died. Found out there's more alcohol in his blood than there was blood. He'd healed everybody from California to Detroit of everything from corns on the toes to a bad breath. False apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And don't marvel. Paul said no marvel. For Satan himself is transformed into the angel of light. He walks in our churches, sits down by our members, and says, you know, I love old brother Wolfenbarger, but Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness 
whose end shall be according to their works. Devil come to church because he's religious. Devil come to church because he's looking for somebody to control. Say, preacher, get on that sermon. I don't like that part. Satan comes to church because he wants somebody to worship him. You remember when he tempted Jesus, what he told him? He showed him everything in the world. All the kingdoms. All the power. Prestige. Everything. He said, now all you got to do to get that. Remember what he said? Is worship. Bow down. Worship. Bad situation. Huh? So in the verse it says that they came to Capernaum. Notice that? It says, and they went into Capernaum. Capernaum, city much like all other cities, without God, without Jesus, without righteousness, without the Bible, just doing what humans do. Just doing what humans do that's indwelt by the devil. Jesus is not there. The devil and his crowd is there. Humanity is there. So guess what kind of city it is. It's a city like all the cities in America that's filled with sin and absent of God. Divorce is going to rampant. Uh, 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 homosexual is going crazy. Sin is running the show. The devil's in charge, and Jesus comes to town. Could I please ask you a question? What happens when Jesus shows up? Boy, I tell you, preaching you folk today like preaching a funeral. Dear God, I had three last week. I'm out of practice. I was hoping I'd come to church this morning and not come to a funeral. Could I ask you a question? What happens when Jesus shows up? In a city like Joshua, in a city like Cleburne, in a town like uh, we live, in a country like America that is filled with sin, controlled by the God of this world, running rapid, sin is claiming its victims, and notice Jesus shows up. What would happen in your life today if Jesus just showed up? What would happen in your home today if just something simply like Jesus showed up? Well, it's 12 o'clock and I just now got Jesus shown up. Let me show, let me tell you. Now I want to show you something. When Jesus shows up, the devil's kingdom is shaken up. Can you imagine the fear that demon-possessed man must have felt when the Holy One of God, the righteous, powerful, dominant, superior, 
omnipotent, supreme, magnificent, wonderful Son of God showed up. And that demon looked at him and said, I know who you are. I know who you are. I know what's going to happen to me. Buddy, when Jesus showed up, the devil's kingdom got shook up. Secondly, sin's captive was freed up. (laughs) I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Thank God when Jesus showed up, the devil's kingdom was shaken up and sin's captive was freed up. That's me. Notice if you said it said that he cast him out. He cast him out and he left. Bless God, he was gone. Is anybody here today glad that Jesus showed up? Well, act like it, bless God. Don't sit there like a knot on a log. If Jesus showed up in your life and changed you and washed you and freed you and set you free, dear God, that ought to at least summons an amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad that Jesus showed up and set sins captive free. And if the Son make you free, you shall be free in me. Is anybody here today glad that he set you free? Free, yes, dear God, free. Free at last. I don't know if I can tell you the next one. I'm just about gone. Anybody glad that Jesus showed up and the devil's kingdom was shaken up and sin's captive was freed up? Now, could I tell you, it's time that the saints of God, hurry up, guys, straightened up. That guy didn't live like a demon-possessed individual after the demon came out. If any man be in Christ, he's a brand new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You know what this world needs today? is for God's saints to straighten up. If you're saved, you ought not live like you used to say. I don't know what you was drinking when you got saved. But you ought not be drinking it after you got saved. You say, preacher, I'm saved. Then straighten up. Amen. Like that old song, we don't live here anymore I don't know why I have notes and never look at them if I looked at them it would preach shorter 
Just Romans 6, I don't have time. Romans 6, verse 17 and 18, verse 23. It's such, you know, it, it talks about some things that's really important. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Mostly because of the way God's people act in public. And you say, well, preacher, you can't build a church talking about stuff like that. I'm not trying to build a church. I'm trying to build people. I'm just trying to help people get out of the mud hole. And stay out of the mud hole. And honor God because of their life. I, I just, I jotted down four things. I'm going to close. I, I think must, four must for every child of God in this place today. Four must for every child of God in this place. Four absolute must that we must embrace if we even want to straighten up for God. Number one, let me give it to you quickly. You say, how quick? What time does the ball game start? Jim just lied. He said, I'm not sure. But you know, that's, God came to save sinners. Aren't you glad of that, Jim? Let me give you this. Number one, we must put away any unconfessed sin. For the child of God, for the saint of God to straighten up, you got, must put away from you. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Can you get that? If you've got sin in your life unconfessed, you will not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh, then thou shalt have mercy. Every one of us today must empty ourselves and go to the throne of grace. And there before God's grace, we confess our sins. He is faithful. And just to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we most generally are so caught up now, caught up with this world. Who's the God of this world? We get so caught up because the devil is a good catcher up. We don't give him credit for it. But boy, he works hard at you falling in love with this world. He advertises real good. Kmart's got the blue light specials on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Think there'll be any ball games this year? On Sunday evening, about seven. What day do you think they'll play the Super Bowl? And what time will they play it? Well, who's in control of this world? Oh, I wonder how many of God's people have fallen prey to the God of this world. 
Oh, the devil wouldn't come to church. The devil can't do any good at church. I wonder where you'll be tonight at 6.30. And you'll have a good worldly excuse. Two, we must put away any doubtful habits. Doubtful habits. A preacher of the Bible said, thou shalt not drink beer. No. The Bible says, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Why do you hide what you do when you do it? Well, preacher, I just don't want anybody to misunderstand. Then quit it. How much distance are there between a habit and addiction? How long can you stay out of church and miss a church service and justify it? I wonder how much distance there are. There is between a habit and you can't quit. I wonder who tricked you into that. I wonder if maybe you ain't been sleeping with the angel of light. Doubtful habit. Sure glad coon hunting is not a doubtful habit. I have no doubt that it's a sin. Boy, I tell you, I didn't try to make anybody mad today. The devil's kingdom was shook up. Sin's captive was freed up. And God's saints must straighten up. Thirdly, I believe we must obey the Spirit promptly. How many in this church has been in this church sitting in the pew and during the invitation or during the service, God's Holy Spirit nudged you to do something. And you said, not today and the Bible says grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed till the day of redemption if the Holy Spirit knocks on this heart and this heart says no the Bible said my spirit will not always strive with man. How many Christians now do I preach to and no tear is in the eye? How many Christians do I preach to now that's more worried about the watch than they are what's going on in the spiritual realm of God? 
Used to, there was a tear. Used to, there was a desire. Used to, there was a crying in your soul to do what God wants you to do. But now, all you worry about is 12 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. Well, do you think as educated as I am, that I can't tell time? Do you think I need you sent here by God to remind me what time it is? Do you think I need to look at that Timex you're waving at me? Dear God, if you're going to wave it, get a Rolex, not a Timex. And you know what's happened? Listen, listen, saint, listen, saint. How many times you said no to the Spirit? How many times you said not now? How many times you said wait a little while? How many times you said I can't afford that? How many times? And now, no tear, no longing, no desire to learn the book. We must, please, Christian, let me say to you, you must obey the Spirit promptly. Lastly, we must confess Christ openly. We must confess Christ openly. That's the last thing. Matthew 5 and verse 16, ye are the light of the world. So let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Can anybody say amen? I want to be a part of that crowd that shakes the devil's kingdom up. I want to be a part of that crowd that's setting captives, sends captives free. I want to be a part of that crowd still believes God's people needs to live a life that's straight. If you're here today and not saved, boy, it'd be a wonderful day if you get saved. It'd be a wonderful day. The same Jesus that delivered this demon-possessed individual is here today. And I know you're probably not demon-possessed, but boy, there's a lot of things in our life that we need to be set free from. You do it at this altar. You do it when the Spirit bids you to come. You do it promptly.